So guys, welcome to Is This Seat Taken? I am Puff Duffy. I have Kira, Sam, and Valette here. We are going to be talking about cars and more specifically cars and film, epic cars and films, maybe forgotten cars and film and television, but we're going to be talking about cars except for Kira because she still has a restraining order from that Ford Pinto. So going forward, who wants to go first, Sam or Val? All right. So my really cool car, probably the most epic car of all time, in my opinion, is the 1970 Dodge Charger Archer gets for his birthday in season three, I think it's episode seven. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's like all of the cool stuff that you would expect to see in like a James Bond car. Um, but it also has like a lovely little drink thing in the glove box. And it's just, it talks to him. It's lovely. It has Corinthian leather. They're famous for their leather. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty awesome car. Um, yeah. Who may not remember, Archer is a private detective? Yeah, so Archer, the show, think like Arrested Development meets James Bond with all of the like action spy sort of things, especially in the early series uh, episode. can't talk this evening. Um, the early seasons. And um, so all of the action, the, the fighting, the spy, etc. But then set in the context of a family business spy agency that has all of the dysfunction of the people from the Bluths from uh, Arrested Development. Um, and so Archer is like the main James Bond kind of character who just kind of lurches from one HR disaster to the next. And his mom who runs the organization for his birthday gets him this amazing character. If I remember correctly, his mom is not very maternal. Is that right, Sam? Incredibly distant, incredibly cold. Um, incredibly boozy and kind of um, promiscuous, as so, like, which I think is something interesting else that we should talk, something else interesting that we should talk about at some point is the shift in portraying people of the age of women, especially, and what is sexy. Because as a gray-haired maternal figure that you imagine is probably in her 60s or 70s, um, still like is all about hooking up with anybody that walks by. Um, I think that would be a great topic for a, future, for a future conversation because you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, but the mom from Two and a Half Men, right? She was okay. like 70s and she had boyfriend after boyfriend. She had trysts in the houses that she was selling. So yeah, it's kind of, it's a real departure Again, something we should talk about at a later date about ageism in Hollywood and, and the way uh, women specifically were portrayed to be older or feeble. Yeah, so it's kind of nice to see in, in Archer that his mom, although she's horrible, she's still, you know, she's still out there every Saturday night, so to yeah. speak. And, and Tuesday and Wednesday. And, <laughs> well, and twice Sunday if she can get it. Yeah. Well, so her getting him a nice car like that's a real departure from how she had treated him before. Yeah, it's it's not the typical sort of interaction that they have. Um, in fact, at one point, like somebody else references um, how he got, was supposed to get a bike for his birthday, but then 
he had done something really small and so she just decided not to and like completely refused to acknowledge that his birthday even happened um so yeah the fact that at one point she she does actually get around to getting him a car and a really nice one at that um is kind of cool that's true val did you have any input you know bringing it back over um and I appreciate the the uniqueness of each vehicle, like within its own um, setting. And it's kind of cool that you were mentioning like Bond films, because I have like a huge fascination over the Bond films and everything. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with like the new movie that just came out for Bond. Um, the No Time to Die is like feature this brand new series of the Aston Martin DB10. Uh, they only made 10 in the world and most of them are made for the movie. So it's just like you, the fascination that I'm finding over like these unique vehicles and how they make a certain like standpoint within these series and shows are just very unique. You don't come across it that often. And we all could just like kind of relate in how they all intertwine with each other. Um, it's just awesome to see how each thing can move in between phases. So my personal take from it all. It's strange because James Bond is obviously amazing super spy. And Archer is kind of, should we say the Walmart version, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he is a really good spy and always gets his man or gets what, you know, the job gets done. But he usually manages to screw it up in so many ways between, you know, when they get sent on the mission and how things end up. Um, to, to borrow a line from Wild Wild West, uh, he shoots first, shoots now, shoots more, shoots later, and then maybe gets around to asking a question or two. And, and yet somehow or other, everything always ends up just sort of working out. Well, so I think, though, um, I, I, I don't have a car researched, and I apologize, but um, it's really interesting to hear you guys talking about these because um, like you brought in the story with, you know, Archer's mother and, and how she had behaved previously to, you know, him getting this car and the, the kind of, um, I, I don't want to say this and it be like met with some bad anything, but it's, it's almost like a narcissism when you were talking about like, you know, he did something small, so he didn't get his bike. And then, um, you know, and it's interesting how that all was portrayed in that show, as far as that relationship is concerned, and how each car that is tied to both Bond and Archer is kind of almost an amalgamation of their personalities and, and who they are. And it speaks to that, I think. I think you're onto something because the Aston Martin and the Aston Martin DB10 which, by the way, they just sold one for $3.5 million, um, is very sleek, it's very classy, but it also is functional and it gets the job done. It's, it's Bond. Archer's, I'm sorry, Sam, what year was it? 1970. 1970 Dodge Charger, right? Yep. It's functional. It looks good. It's a little rough, maybe. It's mm -hmm. a little better, but it also gets the job done. So Kira, my, I think you're onto something there with- Yeah, I, I do like that description. It's kind of an extension of their personalities. I think that absolutely. I'm sure it was intentional by the Bond people and, and probably yeah. intentional by the Archer people as well. Oh, for sure. I think with Bond, they probably, and this is across the film probably, they were like looking at concept cars, looking at 
cars that, um, like, like Val said, they only made 10 of these. What's the sexiest beast out there? Because nothing but the best and the sexiest is going to do for 007. Val, didn't, um, oh, was it like a, a late 90s, early 2000s movie? Didn't they go away? They asked have like a, a BMW or something like that for one movie? They did, and I believe it was when Pierce Brosnan was playing Bond in GoldenEye. It was after GoldenEye, so is that, I think it's from Russia with Love, or, oh, don't quote me on it. Um, gosh, don't hate me on these <laughs> I don't know the Bond in full sequence. However, I know it was during a Pierce Brosnan, and I know he only played Bond for twice. So it was during his era, but afterwards they gravitated back because Aston Martin's been doing this for 50 plus years with the Bond series. Like it started 1962 with the DB5 in, um, in the uh, Goldfingers when it was beginning um, and they really wanted to portray that all throughout the series so they did have a hiatus but it, it wasn't quite adapting to the original concept of Bond like they specifically made these Aston Martin DB5s and 10s uh, for the Bond series they had to make little um, smaller smaller size cars and like the the expanse that they've made just specifically on these models um, is just the icon for this. So it was, I don't know if they kind of didn't get the appeal. And I, I don't know, maybe that's probably why those later movies probably didn't make it because everyone looks for the car. Like you want the car scenes. You want this really nice, sleek looking, uh, all decked out, like highly it has like guns and bulletproof glass like it has everything that you want in a vehicle and Aston Martin was able to fulfill those respects that everyone wants to attribute to a bond so yeah steering away from the well-known vehicle of Aston Martin it was kind of like maybe a step back <laughs> first um and so I was just really glad to see it from the beginning 50 years later they were bringing back the db5 and the db10 all at the end you know this grand finale you know daniel craig really wrapped it up they really wanted to bring the concepts of the 50 years together i mean it's just such a beautiful car they had to highlight the originalities of that of those specs so i congratulate aston martin for what they have done over the years because you know they made enough <laughs> They made quite a bit of money. It should be noted, though, that it was 1964. You were close with the uh, Goldfinger. That's mm -hmm. when it was put into the film. And um, and it was the DB4 and 5 at that point. Mm -hmm. But it was disguised because Aston Martin had just won Le Mans. And so, you know, he was like, well, this is a great time to, you know, maybe put my brand out there because I just won this. So the automaker loaned the car to the film crew in Goldfinger, and that's kind of where it all took off from. And it was really, I'm not going to lie, it was very sad <laughs> to see the, the deviation from what was supposed to be. But then, I mean, then again, it, it, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's almost like the Batman suit and George Clooney's Batman with the nipples. Like, you messed up the Batman suit. <laughs> and gave it nipples so like that's kind of how I felt with those James Bond movies I'm sitting here like okay well that's I think there's specific things that we as um you know watchers of these wonderful stories 
try to go like we go to see these things it's almost like as a writer when you're writing books you don't want to avoid the tropes you just want to put a, a fresh spin on a trope because people buy a book because they know that trope and they're like okay I'm all about this trope so that's not a bad thing it's just you need to put a fresh spin on it and I, I feel like they lost some of uh, some of the love there for us with that yeah I think there was a lot that was lost in the 90s bond. Like Goldeneye at least got the game right, but. For reference, it was Goldeneye 1995 and it was the BMW Z3, which is a beautiful little car, but you're right. It's not the normal bond car. I wanted to just tell you guys this really cool thing. There's a website called Star Cars tn.com there's a museum in gatlinburg tennessee where they have some of the cars from the films which leads me into one of my cars i picked two i don't know if everybody picked two but i picked two so my vehicle that i pick is joe storm chaser from the 1996 film twister with helen hunt bill paxton philip seymour hoffman Robert Patrick, oh my God, Jamie Gertz, all these people, and they're all babies because it's 96. But her truck is a 1982 Jeep pickup truck, which gives me conflicted emotions because I've been mad at Jeep ever since Anton Yelchin died accidentally by getting run over by his Jeep or crushed by his Jeep. And I was heartbroken and I hated Jeep for a long time. So still I'm on this course. Joe's Storm Chaser uh, pickup truck is yellow with blue racing stripes on the side. She uses it to try to launch Dorothy, which is a tornado measuring uh, machine that she and Bill Paxton have created through school and through their work uh, chasing tornadoes. What's interesting to me, and this is a truck that I've always thought was cool, from 1947 to 1965. The Jeep truck was technically the Willis. Now, some of you might not be old enough to remember, but Sam might. It's W-I-L-L-Y-S. And it's this really cool looking pickup truck. That and the International Harvester are two trucks that Stephen King likes to reference in his books. Um, So I thought that was a really cool thing that that kind of morphed into Jeep pickup trucks, which kind of, I think, I don't know that they fell out of favor or if they just stopped kind of making them. But now there's been a, like a, a resurge. You've probably seen them on the street and they're ugly. But these 1980s little pickup trucks are some of the cutest things. And I've always wanted one and I never got to have one. So I thought it was cool that in one of my favorite films was one of my favorite vehicles. I love the movie Twister. It's like oh. one of my all-time favorites. It's a classic of mine. Oh my gosh. I could watch that every like every other weekend probably (laughs) as just like in the background like it's one of those background movies you don't mind like listening to you're just like oh they they have that tornado scene happening so it's such a like I said those iconic Mm -hmm. uh, vehicles you're just like I know it's about to happen here (laughs) can we talk about the cow like that's a vehicle like I just want to talk about that cow who was a movie star you know like cow other cow no I think that's the same cow like I mean who doesn't know that line that's like one of the most quotable lines in the movie you know and so I would definitely consider that cow and his transportation method because that was pretty legit but my car I have one (gasps) my feet it's my feet. Do you know why? 
<laughs> because here in Texas, your feet are considered vehicles. And I probably am the only person in the state that has gotten a jaywalking ticket. $88 class C moving violation because uh, my feet are vehicles. So <laughs> we can talk about feet. Let's talk about feet. <laughs> I think they're hideous and ugly and I don't like them, but everybody has them. So yay. Well, well, it was me starting my OnlyFans for only feats. But we, you know, we talked about we already knew, no offense, that we already knew Texas was stupid. But yes. what <laughs> but what your feet are vehicles? No, they're body yeah. parts, idiots, but this is probably part of the problem, and that's gonna be another show. <laughs> right. Part- no, we call them potomobiles here. <laughs> potomobiles. Yeah. Oh. Pot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was in high school walking to eat lunch and it was a very horrifying experience. I was 16 years old and I didn't even have a car yet or a driver's license. And I got my first ticket. I was like, how did that happen? Like, like me of all people, right? I'm trying to cross the street to Sonic. And the, the, the kicker is, is that everybody crosses the street and jaywalks like all downtown everywhere like the cops do it the lawyers do it the judges do it everybody does it but this my 16 year old butt gets pinged Mm -hmm. with like other like 20 other 16 year olds going to lunch we were in a group so it was like and there was no cars coming so it wasn't like we were you know causing traffic and you you know it was like a big school of fish if 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 the car was going to come barreling through I had Mm -hmm. a really good chance of surviving you know like it was just, it was like the most ridiculous like experience ever. Like I worked at Sonic, the one that I was going to go eat at for lunch. And um, yeah, there was a fence there and the police officer pulled us all over. He had us line up against the fence, turn around, put our nose to the fence and get down on our knees. Oh my. And yeah. And so, and then he went down the line and was like, had to stand up, turn around, give our name or address and, you know, stuff like that. He gave us our ticket. Oh, he ticketed all of us. I know. I I know. It was was was, like, was he from the Flintstone era or something? Like I don't have a clue. But if that guy is listening to this right now, I don't I I am now 20 years older and I don't appreciate that. (laughs) I wish we go back to the fact that Sonic was actually good back then. It was. I was a car hop. I loved working there. I, I wasn't one of those car hops that could wear skates, though. I tried that sense. once because it was a 25 cent raise if you could wear a skate. And for each station, you learned it was another 25 cent raise back then. I don't know if it's still that way now. I tried skates once and I stopped by smashing into a person's vehicle and their food going on top of their <laughs> And I was like, you know, 25 cents, I'm not, I'm good. I don't need it. It's fine. So, I, I mean, I, I had a problem running into the station, the poles and the menus, like the stationary poles and menus. I'd like turn to run back, you know, to get another order and I'd smack, I'd like run right smack dab into like a pole just with my feet. So, you know, it really was not a very smart idea for me to put on skates. Is it bad that but- I still have my jam skates? Kira, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing you didn't have your skates on because you would have got a speeding ticket. As <laughs> I know. If, if only, like, that saved me. It probably would have been more. Probably been, like, you oh, have to you? go to trial now and speak to a judge. 
but yeah, it was ridiculous. And so after he gave us all tickets, everybody, you know, by that time, lunch break was over. So we all starved. But because I worked at the Sonic right there, like I read in there, like I'm crying. I am like, this is the first time I've been in trouble, like at all in my entire life. Like, okay. I got in trouble with like my mom back talking and bad grades, but like nothing this serious. This is super serious. It was my first ticket. Right. So I'm sitting there blubbering and I go up to my manager in Sonic and I, you know, I was like going back to school, but I was like, I need to, I need to call my, my, my mom, you know, like I just, and my mom was a paralegal at the time. So she was like the person I needed to talk to right at that moment. It couldn't wait until after school. It had to be right then. And so, and then we got, she took me to court, paid the $88 and well, I paid it out of my Sonic money <laughs> and learned a valuable lesson that your feet are class C moving violation vehicles. Wow. The worst luck. Okay. So, <laughs> I thought how to go on. So, so the Munster coach, okay. <laughs> One that I had chosen. Um, I just really picked it for sentimental reasons. I'm obviously not old enough to have watched the original Munsters. Um, I did see a lot of reruns. I think growing up, growing up poor, we can say it. I know we didn't have cable television for a, a long time. And I know that as old as I am, cable television wasn't really there when I was a kid. But anyway, so there was a lot of channels that played old stuff, right? The old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, The Addams Family, The Munsters, uh, The Witch, I'm a genie. Come to think of it, a bunch of shows that I probably shouldn't have been watching as a good Baptist girl. But anyways, so The Munsters always drew me in. The song is so cool, so classic. Dun, dun, dun. And you knew what show was coming on. You had no question what it was. Then for some reason, I had such a crush on Herman Munster, on Fred Gwynn. I just thought that him and Lily, they were monsters, but they loved each other. They're niece, Marilyn. I just got that Marilyn, like Marilyn Monroe. But totally cool with her family being so weird. And then they had this uh, coach spelled K-O-A-C-H. I guess they just did that to be kooky. It was not a car that they modified. They didn't base it off of anything. It was actually, um, it was custom built for the show. It was built at Paris Customs. Customs with a K, so maybe that's why they called it the coach. It was started um, by Tech Smith and finished by Dick Dean. And what's cool about it is it only cost $200. $200 for the Munster coach. I mean... That's how much pretty- was that back then though? Like how much was $200? Because I know the inflation, like the, there's a difference there. So I'm kind of curious to see how much like that would be in today's money. He's a liar. He actually, he did modify a car. I'm so sorry. He did modify a car. He, he made it from parts uh, from three Model Ts. I apologize. So it was a customization, but it was 18 foot long, which, um, hmm. It took 500 hours. I'm just trying to see for $200, did it have an engine? What do you think? I can't I find it. I say they rolled it in for 200. Trying to find a date on here. While I am looking for the date, do you guys have any kooky, monstery, weird? I mean, we could all say the mystery from Scooby-Doo, but there's also uh, Willy Wonka and his little hoopty thingy car. That goes through the wash. rainbow tubey thing, yeah. the wash or whatever. Hong Shuapano. A chihudu? The Hong Shuapano, the, the Wonka wash. Oh, 
Oh, <laughs> how did you do that? Like, I can't even like, <laughs> I am so screwed if I ever get pulled over and they're like, you might be drunk because I'm just naturally clumsy and stumble everywhere. And they asked me to do the alphabet backwards. Like I can't even fathom how you just did that. Um, the old Gene Wilder version, he says it. And oh, okay. Butchered it to some extent, but something like that. The hominah hominah. Okay, got, I got you. <laughs> yes, the Wonka, the Wonka mobile. Also, you said that and it made me think of another one. For some reason, I'm on a Hanna Barbera like trek right now. I'm on a I'm on a journey with the old cartoons. But there was Speed Buggy. Remember, he was like, meow, meow. oh yeah, yes. Captain Caveman and his like log mobile things like that. So what? Since we're talking about vehicles on television, most recent thing I can think of that made an impression on me, and it's 17 years old probably, is uh, Claire's hearse from Six Feet Under, that lime green hearse that she drove everywhere like a maniac. You guys that are watching probably more current shows than I am, have you seen anything interesting? Walter White's RV. Okay. (laughs) If we're talking weird stuff from, from more contemporary kind of shows, that would be the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like the Simpsons, like that pink. Yeah. I think it's an Oldsmobile or something. <laughs> I don't even know. It's just like, you know, that iconic pink mm-hmm. car. Like that's what comes to my mind when I think of a TV show's car and it's cartoonish. I don't know. I was raised on Disney. So like every time that you guys are like talking about these cars, all I can see is like Beauty and the Beast and it like the little crawly thing coming to life and carrying the guy to the town or like uh, Prince John's like carriage that Robin Hood's like, you know, and yeah. gets this, you know, like, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking of that stuff or the pumpkin from, you know, Cinderella. <laughs> I am so uncultured. I am so sorry. We're going to do a whole show on the different Robin Hoods. I've just decided because uh, Prince John, piss, piss. <laughs> I love- <laughs> oh my God, I love that. <laughs> your your was, was pretty great there. That's so good. Yeah. I make a good Prince John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> First question, $200 in 1964. 2000 today. And this hey, is why we have you, because you can math for us. <laughs> and it's it's called Googling. It's not mathing. Oh, you know, you could have totally played that off, though. <laughs> yes, I'm good at math. He also is a oh. great lion tamer. So good. Uh, you lie. You lion. <laughs> you lion, girl. <laughs> Well, that's all I have. Does anybody have other comments about epic vehicles and film? I also had a nostalgic vehicle, the Jag XK8 from Memento. It, it, it is a nice car. Um, I don't know anything about it. I heard I have heard from car people that Jags are not really that great to own, um, but it was a, a pretty cool car and it was in my favorite color in the movie. And so, yeah, nostalgia wise, that's, that's kind of what I think of as like growing up or, you know, being able to watch movies. I didn't see Memento until college, but um, like, I think that was the first time I was like, Ooh, that's a car that I actually want. 
because I don't really care about cars that much for the most part, but that one was. I've always been so weird about my cars because like everybody's like, well, what's your dream car? And I'm saying, like, I don't know. I watched a commercial a very long time ago for a Chevy Malibu. It was like a 2002 Chevy Malibu. And I was like, it's got yeah, an OnStar for, you know, all of the airbags. It was like loaded. And I was like, man, that's nice. But I think whenever you're, for me personally, and we can get into to this into another topic, but I was also raised below the poverty level line. So I didn't allow myself to kind of dream or wish or hope, you know, there just wasn't, it wasn't there for me. So I never thought about, you know, what kind of dream car I'd want. And so of course, like the car that I want, which is the Chevy Malibu is like something that's affordable, practical, safe, and has like all of these things. And, um, you know, I actually got to drive one because I got in a wreck. I got like, that was my rental car. They handed me like a 2004 Chevy Malibu. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is like Mecca for me, you know, like this mm-hmm. is the best thing ever. And like ever, ever since I drove it, I was like, yeah, that's my dream car. That's what I'm going to have. And I have a Chevy Malibu that I never get to drive because I don't go anywhere really. And if I do go somewhere, it's with the kids. So I've got my Chevy Tahoe, but I do have a Malibu now and my aspiration has been complete and I want and need nothing else car wise. This video is not sponsored by Chevy. It could be. If they it could be. <laughs> Chevy, if you're listening, I have all the cars. <laughs> So talking about going back to the Jaguar real quick, I just looked at the picture. That's not the car I thought it was. It's actually, it's kind of ugly in my opinion, because I prefer like the 1991 or the 1992. I forget which XJ it is. You're so right about, I've had the opportunity in the past five years, twice to buy the Jag that I wanted for a relatively really good price. And two times I've had uh, mechanics talk me out of it, not because there was anything currently wrong with the car, but they said, if you ever have to fix anything on this, it's gonna cost you an arm and a leg. Now with that in mind, if we're gonna talk about dream cars, and I feel like you guys can all get behind me on this one. I want the, it's the 2007 GMC Top Kick. It's Ironhide from the first Transformers. But I don't just want a Top Kick. I want it done up like Ironhide. I want the grill. I want the snorkel. Uh, what is it? The snorkel. Um, I think it's just called the engine snorkel or whatever. I want all of it and I want it black and I want it chromed and I don't have like $68,000. So <laughs> that's my dream. I always wanted, I always thought I wanted like a Beamer or a Jag, but now that I really want to live somewhere colder and more foresty, I feel like I would need my dream truck instead. You got a favorite? You got a dream? Uh, So, I mean, I've contemplated. It's kind of like a mutual decision with my husband and I, but it was um, a Porsche Cayman 911. They're just, they're really fast. They're really sleek. Like everything about it is really appealing on the inside and the outside. It's just, you know, you can hear it. Like, you know what it is when it's coming down the road. And I'm just like, Maybe when the kids are grown <laughs> and they're out of the house, that would be like a long-term investment for us. It'd just be like that fun sports car that neither of us, I mean, I did not grow up 
wealthy period. So, I mean, I grew up with the Oldsmobile that the seats were backwards and you were just looking out the back window, riding backwards the whole entire time. Like, so these cars were like nowhere imagined. So I attribute to all this like newer knowledge about these nice sports vehicles, but I would say Porsche does really good for their um, vehicles. And honestly, I'm, I'm game for anything, but the 911 is kind of like one of our sold vehicles or even a 1933 uh ford is something very classic just i like classic vehicles they appreciate the value of it especially when it's in really good condition so i would love i don't remember what year it is it's a 1950 something uh ford pickup yes just something classy it's It's like (laughs) we are still You're right, though. And you just reminded me, I don't think any of us grew up with like money falling out of our pockets. But I remember getting a even a relatively new car was a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Looking out the back window and it reminded me one Christmas, my mom got brand new, it was brand new to us, station wagon. And you would have thought, not that we had the lottery back then, but you would have thought that someone had given her a million dollars because she was so freaking happy. And no seatbelts, but we would sleep and we called it the way back, you know, pressed up against the window of the station to dream big. It was always like, just, I just want a car. Just to be a car. Get me from here to school or here to work or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My first car was a 99 Chevy Malibu. So (laughs) the Malibu comes around full circle. (laughs) And I'm saying. It they last forever, I, right? They did. Listen, I, it got to like 140,000 and it was my fault that I didn't do a good oil change. <laughs> I kind of blew up. I blew up my motor. So <laughs> I'm like oh, this 19 year old. I'm just trying to drive around getting from place to place. I don't know anything about mechanics. I didn't grow up with a mechanic or anything like that. Hmm. So I'm just like, yeah, that was my fault, but it was very reliable. <laughs> Oh, mine was a 1986 Toyota Corolla and I bought it from my um it was originally my older cousins and then my younger my cut my older cousin by five days got it from his sister and then they were getting he was getting a different vehicle and so we um drove like three and a half hours away to go pick up this car we drive the car back and it died it like sat there so it's only voyage with me in the car I wasn't able to drive the car yet because I had no license you know was was uh just riding in the passenger seat and then dying no (laughs) my first car was a 1986 Buick Park Avenue that I bought for my grandparents right it was a huge the seats were so incredibly soft and velvety and I loved the thing. And then I managed to flip it over several times over a girl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But it kept me safe. It was, yeah. it was a solid, sturdy vehicle, that's for sure. Well, my very first car was a Ford Pinto. Just FYI, it wasn't new. Don't even start with me, you guys. It wasn't brand new. But it was Ford Pinto. And, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask, we all talked about our first cars. What's the fa- your favorite car that you've had? Mine for me, I have two answers to this. One is a car I actually had and one that my mother had. My favorite car that I ever had was 
1999, no, 1991 Honda Prelude, which going back to Val's comment, you can't, you can't fit children in the back of it very easily. But my other favorite car, it, it was actually my mom's and it was a VW bus. Oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. That's amazing that she had that. When we were little, we had the camper. Like a VW bus is a cool, quirky little thing that like, I feel like if I had a bunch of money, I wouldn't fill my garage with like Lambos. I would have a, a tricked out little VW bus. I'd have Ironhide and you know, a 1991 Honda Prelude. But what about you guys? Favorite car that you had? Mine is a 1999 Ford Escort ZX2 stick shift mm-hmm. and it was I loved it it was my favorite car it like turned corners picked up on dimes stopped on dimes like brake check people they wouldn't even know it and mm-hmm. you know like I just I loved driving it it was fun it was fast it was red it's like a little speed demon I got plenty of speeding tickets in it um <laughs> and then who laughed at me <laughs> I am like the, uh, yes, I am the delinquent, I guess, possibly. All of us laugh. Just to be clear, all of us laugh. <laughs> You're laughing with me, not at me, right? Yeah. So what happened to it? Did you blow a head gasket like I did with my Ford Escort? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's so very sad. Like, I had it up until about, it was about 20 years old. By the time it ended up, I had to get rid of it. Um, everything was just falling apart, but... <laughs> The real kicker was the hood latch um, while my husband was driving it on the highway. Mm -hmm. It flew, it got, it it broke and it flew up, smashed the windshield, you know, and he's like driving 70 miles per hour on the toll road. And he's also an Iraq and Afghanistan war vet. So that sent him into like kind of like a, a PTSD frenzy. So I'm glad that he was able to kind of, you know, the hood was still up. So he just stuck his head out so he could maneuver, you know, it over to the side. But after that, it kind of all just went downhill. And I was, I was really sad to, to let it go. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, it, that was a nice car. I, it was, but yeah, not my favorite. Um, I actually like the two cars that we have now. Um, so I still drive the 2007 Corolla that we bought brand new, um, and it's got 220 some thousand miles on it now, and it still still handles well, still runs well. Um, you know, it's normal maintenance and stuff is is getting more frequent, but um, it's still a pretty good car and still hanging in there. Um, but this lap about a year ago, we bought a it was, it was a great deal. Don't know how it fell into our laps, but um, uh, it was a 2020 Kia Sorento um, that has way more bells and whistles than I have ever had in a car before. Um, and so that makes it really fun. Like first time I've ever had leather seats or a big moonroof and sunroof stuff and Bluetooth and like seat warmers and all the kind of cool little bells and whistles. Um, and and we got it with only 2,500 miles on And so... And I, I love driving it. It's got like four different handling modes. And so I like switching it over to the sport mode and like taking it around corners and stuff. But that's mostly my wife's car. And so I don't get to drive it more than anything else. See, see, now Sam's got that Kia money. 
there. I think we're dealing with a wealthy man with that. Right now, like I didn't upgrade from much. This is like literally my second vehicle I've owned, like before my '99 Chevy Malibu. So now I'm rocking. I'm rocking a 2012 Honda Civic, and I will say Civics are like easy to replace parts. It's like about to hit 100,000 miles and really I'm not having any issues with it yeah my kids are cramped in the back and I'm just like they're young they'll get over it <laughs> and right now gas is pretty decent for this vehicle right now so and but I will say I'm kind of jealous of um, my husband's uh, Ford F-150 it's 2005 it's just in like excellent condition like his thankfully like we purchased it off my in-laws and um, for a really good price considering like their condition that they've kept in their vehicles I'm like I feel so guilty that I don't keep my vehicle in good shape like internally like there are kids like food stains so I'm like I'll get them cleaned one day they're, they're still four and younger so I'm not concerned however that truck is like I'm jealous I'm a little jealous because it has the leather interior so you just put like a nice little lift on it just redid the headlights and I'm like I'm just gonna sit with my Honda Civic. I, I'll just rock I it sit for here now. with my car that has like two week old McDonald's French fries, right? And call it good. You know, like, yeah. I understand that. I do because that's why I can't drive the Chevy Malibu really ever. Is because that's you know the work vehicle that my husband has to take, and because I'm the one that always tugs around the kids for the most part. Mm -hmm. I like I've got the Tahoe, so. I don't even get to, and then the Tahoe never stays clean because of that, because I've got a billion kids. So like I sit there and I'm like, oh, your car's so clean. I'm jealous. <laughs> like it smells good. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Oh. I mean, I have I air fresheners. I'm just like, hey, everything's cleaned out, but. Wait, are you telling me that behind the passenger seat, that's not a garbage can? That's not oh. where, how we're I mean, that's where, it, that's what it's become. So might as well, I went in Rome, right? So I drove Uber for a couple of years in my spare time. And a uh, little car hack that I learned, if you get an, a sock, like probably a plain sock, but if you get a sock and put some coffee beans in it, and then you have to, when you're, you know, anytime it smells like the car needs a little extra oomph, you just give the coffee beans a couple twists and toss it into the car seat. And it makes your car, like it, masks and kind of kills whatever other stank nastiness may be going on in the car but it also gives you like a nice little coffee oh, so it's not on a tiktok you need to put that on tiktok so that way everybody knows this right i had to wait and see where he was going because he's like her <laughs> and a sock and i was like this <laughs> please oh deposit God. your trash into this sock get into the sock <laughs> That's a way better. That's so much better than what I thought it was going to be. I was like, turn the sock inside out so you've got the fuzzy part and then rub your seat and it would pick it up or something. Like, I don't, I didn't know where you were going with that. I was, it's pleasantly surprising. <laughs> Sam is like the male Martha Stewart over here. Good job, Sam. Okay. Okay. Is taken. <laughs> I'm dying. So we talked about our, we talked about our epic cars and trucks and film and tv so everybody can go and check out you can go check out archer's car 1970 dodge charger you can check out the monsters coach 
<laughs> you can check out Joe Storm Chaser from the hit film Twist. And I'm sure that there's a website somewhere that chronicles every single one of the James Bond cars, including probably villains cars. And if there's not, we should maybe jump on that because that's probably maker. They do have it on the Aston Martin site. Like it is dedicated. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> um, we should do this again, maybe. Whatever, just throw it at the, t- at the table and we'll pick it up and run with it. Well, sure. Yeah. I think next time we'll tackle like maybe a weightier subject like pie versus cake. I don't know. Just, you know. Oh, stop. Is tacos a sandwich? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Is okay, water. like <laughs> pineapple on pizza. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, but I like y'all. I I, I don't want to stop talking to you just because you have a wrong opinion about pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam, lion, lion, tamer, you. <laughs> I feel like a like joker laugh. He's not like really <laughs> thrilled with uh with us. I don't know what gives us that idea. Maybe I, his, you know, laugh. I, I don't think Sam's <laughs> thrilled with us. <laughs> he puts up with us so well though. Ooh, da lolly. Everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We love sitting here around this virtual table asking each other is this seat taken and this is something that you guys can ask as listeners you can jump in comment down below you can give us ideas for things to talk about and there's opportunities for live broadcasts where we have call-ins and you guys can be a real big part of it so thank you for listening thank you for watching if this is on youtube from me pup valette sam and kira everybody say goodbye Goodbye.